Hi there and welcome to episode 222 of the Writing Guy podcast. I'm Scott Keyes of the Writing Guy, helping smart professionals to uh, find their voice, write human, and get the results they want from the words that they write. I'm absolutely buzzing at the moment. I'm so chuffed because I've just received the most amazing email from uh, James, who was the who is the uh, the client that I, I was coaching yesterday. I spoke about in the in the podcast yesterday, and this morning we had uh, session number two. So we split it up over two days, and um, he was absolutely thrilled with with the work that we did together and and just how rapidly his writing improved and I'm thrilled with the email that he's just sent me um which if you don't mind um I'm going to read out to you because it's well it's it's a list of all the things that he's going to change about his writing and it's just the most glorious litany of um things that he's going to improve and change about his writing and um it's so gratifying and satisfying and fulfilling for me to uh, to have worked with James and to then have got this email. So um, it, the email just says, Hi Scott, following our time together, these are the actions I will take to improve my writing. Thanks again for all your support. And it's, it's a list. Um, the first is, take time to plan 25%, draft 50% and edit 25%. So that's how we need to split our time roughly. You know, it's a rule of thumb um, across the writing process. Um, Then he goes on to say, I will use FFA, facts, feelings, action as part of my planning process. Now, what was amazing for me in working with James was that um, we used FFA a huge amount. I mean, everything we worked on uh, with together whether it was his advert for a, a webinar he's running on LinkedIn or a cold email um, or his LinkedIn profile, we used, he found FFA really helpful as a way of of clarifying the, his purpose or objective. So FFA, facts, feelings and action. What do you want the reader to know? What do you want them to feel? And then what do you want them to do as a result of reading your words? And then he goes on to say, I will improve my flow and ensure my opening line is punchy and is about the reader. Yeah, brilliant. You know, folks, how we open any communication is so vital because it sets up uh, the reader. It, It manages and sets up the reader's expectations. It sets a kind of rapport going with them. Uh, it's vital. Uh, and then he goes on to say, I will remember, and this is crucial. So this was a real kind of insight for me as well. So James says, I will remember, I need to earn the right to talk about me and only towards the end. That's really important. You know, our reader, particularly if our writing is unsolicited, you know, they haven't asked for us to send them an email or communicate them with uh, with them whatever we need to they, they we have no divine right to their attention we need to damn well earn the right to talk about ourselves and and to and to get their attention and we should only talk about ourselves once we've we've given them value and that's why he says towards the end of the the communication uh he says i need to be clear on the call to action yes I will use the webinar text and the cold email as a basis for my communications. Uh, 
Uh, so they will serve as a template and a model for all his future writing, which is lovely. Um, we started work on his LinkedIn profile and we made good progress. Uh, so he said, I will finish and update my LinkedIn profile. Um, I will put myself in the reader's shoes and make it all about them. You know, again, what happens when we put our reader front and centre of our writing and make it all about them? It becomes relevant to them. It comes, becomes compelling for them um, because they're more interested in themselves than in us. You know, it just it makes absolute sense. Uh, next, he says, I remember Storm. Uh, so that for those of you, I think I've, I've shared this on previous episodes, Storm, it's in my book, Rhetorica, as well. Storm is the five-letter acronym governing planning. So it stands for structure, timing, objective, reader, and message. Those being the five elements of planning our communication. The five things that we need to consider to be good planners. He then says, I'll be consistent in what I do, helping clients take direct control of their indirect costs. So in our work together, we actually got into quite a, quite a bit of, of what his value proposition is. Uh, and this, this is the sound bite that he came up with. Um, I will use the editor scores. By that, he means the readability statistics. And remember the target scores of passive voice, average characters per word, average words per sentence, and, of course, the overall uh, readability expressed in the flesh reading ease score, uh, which is a percentage, excuse me, where um, plain English begins at an FRE of 60%. Uh, he then says the subject line will come at the end. What he means by that is having clarified his thinking by working working through the body copy, then the subject line will almost always fall out of that, out of that clarity and out, out of that body. It's like putting a head on the body. Um, he's going to watch for passive sentences. You know, he was, his writing was crippled by passive-itis, by sort of this unconscious use of the passive voice. And, and it was just going, it was kind of sucking all the, <laughs> all the, um, the energy and the life out of his writing. And so we, we knocked that one on the head uh, big time where he was writing in the active voice. He's going to read his, write his work out loud, ROL, so powerful, so simple and elegantly, elegantly powerful um, because it allows you to hear your writing. Uh, I will think about saying out loud my thoughts. So I encouraged him to verbalise what he was trying to write. Uh, I've said this before on this podcast, you know, when I ask people, well, what are you really trying to say? And they say, well, what I really mean, Scott, is blah, 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 blah. And they're, they're kind of off and running. And it's clear and simple and conversational and human. And then I encouraged him to record, record that verbalisation uh, on his, uh, to, to kind of dictate it into his, into his, into his iPhone. Um, or directly into otter.ai, which I'm using at the moment for this podcast. Uh, he then goes on to say, I will not use the word we, as in uh, weeing all over the reader. We've done this, we're great at this, we're great at that, we've got 50 offices. I mean, you know, the, the, the odd use of the word we is, forgiven, is forgivable and pardonable, but just don't use it every other uh, every other uh, paragraph or sentence. 
He also, and then he ends with, I'll be more specific, not just the webinar will be great, please come along or please register, but these are the five things that you will learn or that you will get uh, by attending the register or the, the sorry, the webinar. Um, you know, so generic doesn't cut it. It doesn't cut the mustard. So be generic. Tell people, give people a real sense of what they're going to get uh, when they hire you or instruct you or work with you or attend your webinar or whatever it may be. So I'm going to leave, leave it there for now. James, thank you for that brilliant list of all the things. Where is it? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 17 things he's going to change about his writing as a result of working with me for six hours. Uh, I'd say yes, come on. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Um, as you can probably tell, I'm... Um, I'm just absolutely over the moon about this. So thanks for listening. I hope that's uh, been useful. Um, if you're interested in uh, transforming and turbocharging and exploding your writing to the next level of impact and humanity and results, then give me a call. Thanks for listening. See you tomorrow. Bye now.